Hello, welcome in to the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. What's going on, Bears fans? Adam Hogue, Nicholas Moriano, Will DeWitt, all here with you today. The three-man weave. We got everyone together. And a little bit of a shorter practice today, but um, some positive things to talk about, boys. Yeah, positives. Uh, it was still hot as hell, though. And yes. I don't know if you felt it over there. Like some, some, there's some difference between going from the fields one and two to three and four, and then having the reflection of the sun bounce off the bleachers. Man, it was a hot one. Yeah, we got scorched out there, but luckily, you know, we weren't the only things that were, you know, heating up here today. The Bears' oh, offense really responded oh. after yesterday's lackluster performance it was better than yesterday and you know that's true adam nick i'm with you man i don't know what it's like i we woke up this morning it was like Mm -hmm. the perfect summer morning it was actually like 59 degrees but the sun's still strong because still august was like beautiful like morning outside coffee weather and then even like driving over to hallis i got out of the car i'm like there's not a cloud in the sky like this is just a perfect day for football for training camp and the second you get over there, it's like, what the, how is it this hot right now? That was not what, like, it was, I wasn't hot walking over here, but now I'm hot just standing here. It doesn't make sense. Um, I'm not complaining, though, because I love, I seriously do love this time of year. I will take these days standing out there in the heat watching football practices um, over the cold 15-minute increments we get in December where we go outside to find out who's stretching. Trust me, this <laughs> is better. True. This is way better. No doubt about that. And well, you you had a you made a good point. Like, man, I I would have taken being the press box that we were in, in yesterday with that AC that's always super super cold uh, for today's practice because, like you said, it was hot. But yeah, those those practices in December, November, Adam, those are going to be uh, not looking forward to those. I'll just it's say that. that. It's the aluminum bleachers, though, because when people actually sat down in front of us, Nick, it cooled off a few degrees because that reflection wasn't like staring you right in the face. So weirdly enough, like the more people surrounding you was better to keep you cool today, which usually it's the opposite. But that's metal bleachers for you. All right. Uh, let's jump in with the show. Adam Hogue, Nicholas Moriano, Will DeWitt. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and finding all the content, allchgo.com. Have practice reports up there. Bears Things newsletter went out this morning, also available. If you didn't sign up in time for that, you can still get it online. Uh, the column is up there at allchgo.com. And um, post-practice videos, recaps, and 60. It's all there for you, so check it out. Best and worst of the day. Let's start with Nick. What do you got for us today? All right, best thing from today, I'm going to go with the defensive side of the ball is a play where Justin Fields was trying to target Tajay Sharp over the middle of the field, but Eddie Jackson made a good play on the ball, was able to dislodge the football, was incomplete, but before that pass even got off, Justin Jones broke through the interior of the offensive line and would have easily had a sack on Justin Fields, but they let the play go on. So really good effort by Justin Jones and also Eddie Jackson. Uh, just Again, two guys that are going to be obviously starters in his defense, but making good plays on that rep. Yeah, I loved watching Jackson lay that hit, watch that ball pop out. Uh, it didn't come away with a turnover for the defense, but in games, like those are great opportunities for yourself to get those chances at more takeaways on defense. Uh, the best thing I saw today, I'll just be a little general with an observation here instead of one specific play or moment, but just seeing a downfield passing attack today was just, to me, the best thing because yesterday, this Bears offense, I know there's a lot of injuries at wide receiver, but watching them yesterday was just very tough. They could not get anything going through the air, but today that was a whole different narrative, a whole different story. So seeing an actual downfield passing attack by far is the best thing that I uh, witnessed here today at Bears camp. Yeah, for me, it's along those lines, but it's just the fact that despite all the injuries at wide receiver, the quarterback, the guy who still matters the most, all this stuff about Roquan Smith and Tevin Jenkins and kind of these distractions that are hogging the headlines here recently, this is still all about Justin Fields. And despite all those injuries, Fields 
delivered a lot of good balls today. I feel like that downfield accuracy, the ball placement specifically, is improving as camp goes along, and that is a very, very positive development. Uh, you want to see that continue tomorrow in practice and then put it on display Saturday in the game against the Chiefs. Yeah, no doubt about it. Even in the play that I highlighted earlier that was a defensive highlight, it was still the ball placement was where it needed to be. And it was just Eddie Jackson making a really good play on the ball. But in terms of getting the ball out, the placement of it, Bills put it right in the money. So you saw that throughout the entirety of practice, and that was good to see. Multiple throws were completed, or at least on the money, downfield in very tight windows. Multiple defenders, whether it's you know in the middle of the field, along the sidelines, field was able to make those throws today for sure. Our worst thing of the day, Nick. Oh, man, I saw way too many Iowa State shirts and jerseys in the crowd today. There was a David Montgomery Iowa State jersey, but I'm like, oh, this, this is just too much for me. But Will can attest to this. I did see one one person wearing an Iowa drawstring bag, so I'm like, all right, it's kind of canceling out, but just too many Iowa State jerseys and shirts in the crowd today. And you have to see Jeff Joniak every day. He's that's, an Iowa State yep. guy. So mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's just it's piling on. All right, Will, what do you got? Uh, I think the worst one, weirdly enough, is going to be apparel as well from the fans in attendance. But Nick and I spotted a a teenage boy wearing a Mike Glennon Bears jersey today. Uh, I felt really bad for that kid, but, you know, he was rocking it. I think that's the only Mike Glennon jersey I've seen a person wear, whether it's, you know, now 2022 or even years back when Glennon was actually on the team for a little bit. But, yeah, that was probably the worst thing I saw today without question. And that was just his doppelganger. Kevin Fishbane. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to sideswipe everybody here in this segment. Yep. All right. Um, I'm going to stick to the football field. And it was just actually it was a. Um, it was sort of the, it could also qualify as a best depending on how you want to look at it. But um, there's just one rep where Dominic Robinson just like. Flew by Tevin Jenkins. Like it was just like, so you feel good about that for Robinson, who continues to intrigue me. I think he's a guy we got to take seriously for the 53. I can't wait. He's on the top, towards the top of my list of players I cannot wait to watch in these preseason games. Um, But that being said, I don't know. I like it's good Tevin Jenkins is back practicing, but I'm. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not watching every rep close enough. I don't know. It just seems like when I notice things, when I write it down in the in the notebook, it's 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 not a it's not a great thing. I don't know. So it's just to me, I, I it hasn't been uh, impressive yet. Real quickly though, Adam. So he got beat on that one. I had that noted down, and then he went right after that against Travis Gibson. Did a good job on that second rep. So immediately after, but I noted that like Dominic Robinson got in the backfield quick. On that rep, like sideswipe the hands by Jenkins. The next one he did go up against Travis Gibson, and he definitely won that rep. So it's a mixed bag still for Tevin Jenkins. I just want to hop on the Dominic Robinson bandwagon or train, and I've been on it since you know the draft because I was someone that I, I mocked to the Bears really like. But today was a day like seeing that burst off of the line and just seeing that speed. I know he's transferring from wide receiver, and he did that a couple of years ago, but. All the talk coming out was like, hey, this dude's crazy athletic. You just have to coach him up. And I was very adamant that, like, hey, this is a coaching staff that can do that and get some results early. And I think we're starting to see that. So like you, Adam, come Saturday, number 91, Dominic Robinson is someone I think all Bears fans should be paying attention to. Should get a lot of playing time out there. And uh, we'll see exactly how he shows out. Yeah, and, and, and I'm on the Jenkins side. Like, I'm still – willing to be patient i'm still willing to you know let him sort some things out i actually he's had moments both the last two days where he got beat and as you said nick came back they, they they go right back to him on the next whistle and then he has a good rep so he's working that stuff out i what i probably should have gone with for this segment by the way guys is the fact that cole Komet was not practicing mm. yeah because yeah, we, we, we uh... i was i was sounding the alarm bells yesterday over uh, what I saw on the field. And then I was like, okay, he's walking out the field. He's holding his helmet. Not a big deal. Um, I I hope it per- was precautionary that he was not out there with like 20 other players. Yeah. By the way, I mean, if nothing else, guys, the, 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 the bears could put together an outstanding Peloton team. 
<laughs> they sure can. I mean, I don't know if they've had to call in more bikes or I mean, because at one point there was like just a whole line of stationary bikes and it was like half the team was on them and they were like riding them really hard. And I'm like, OK, I mean, if this doesn't work out, we, you can have a Bears Tour de France team next year. There you go. <laughs> Beat me to it. You know what? Yeah. Uh, real quick, I mean, this is going to lead me to my overreaction of the day. I think these practices are too tough, you guys. Well, as you're seeing, 21 players. And give shout-out to Courtney Cronin, who who put that in the tweet. Like, 21 guys not practicing today. And, you know, obviously the players have talked about these practices, how intense they are. But these injuries are starting to pile up. And the first preseason game is on Saturday. So you obviously want to go into the season relatively healthy without actually playing a game. But my overreaction, and again, that's what this segment is for, is that maybe these practices are too intense for the players. Ooh. Uh, so my over, I like that, by the way, Nick, because that's pretty good. You know, yeah. I mean, that's definitely one where, you know, you're thinking outside the box. Love it. Uh, mine is going to be Daz Newsome is officially a roster lock. Adams wide receiver rankings be damned. See overreaction, <laughs> but, but he was listed as a starting punt returner on the unofficial depth chart. Oh. He made some plays today. So between those two things, you know, you put two and two together, it equals one overreaction. And as Daz Newsome is making this team hands down. Um, Okay. Yeah, that's definitely an overreaction. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. I like guys. I I don't look at those depth charts. I really don't. I keep my own depth chart. I I will say though, and I'm going to say this right first. I don't look at it. I do glance at it, and then I give it basically no credence. I did have. I did notice though that it didn't look like they were playing many games with the depth chart, like you'd see in the past. Like it was like. Yeah, this is actually how this is pretty close to how I've been seeing it right now on the practice field. Not like they're trying to hide anybody on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that part was interesting. Um I guess my here's an overreaction. I fear that like three fourths of this game Saturday is just gonna be a complete waste of time. Because so huh. many guys might not be able to play that you need to evaluate. And so I think the very beginning when you have your starters out there, um, certainly it'll matter for Justin Fields. I think certainly you'll learn things about Braxton Jones and some of those offensive linemen. But when you start going on the depth charts on the wide receivers, especially the DBs, especially. I, I just think it's it's. Some of it's going to be a waste of time, quite frankly. That's a good point. Um, I mean, at what point? Do you have to think as if you're Matt Eberflus, like, wow, okay, we're already limited. Can we risk putting our guys out there for any longer, right? Because at some point, you you never know what's going to happen. But yeah, it's 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 something that I'm sure this coaching staff is thinking about as they're approaching Saturday and going to face their first opponent of the of the year. And I do think it comes down to those uh, skill positions that you mentioned, like re- receiver. We know like Justin's throwing to like guys that we did not expect to probably make this team. They weren't in the top of the rankings that you had there Adam, as well. And that's going to be tough to evaluate. And then even like with the cornerbacks, like today we're watching like Jalen Jones, you know, playing in the nickel. And then you're having Lamar Jackson outside with the starters. And that's because you don't have Kyler Gordon, you don't have Kendall Vildor. And those are two very important evaluations because is Kyler going to play inside? Is he going to play outside? You know, Tavon Young as well needs to be in that conversation. He's unable to go. And I, I think not being able to see them in a game atmosphere, like you said, Adam, will make it very tough for the Bears. Only three preseason games now, too. So limited time to get those true evaluations into place. And I, I think it's important for it to happen, but it may not be the week for it. And if it's not, like you said, Saturday evening or actually afternoon, afternoon. Yeah, it's a, a new good, game. Yeah, which is weird. Saturday afternoon NFL game. But and it's not Christmas weekend. Uh, but yeah, it's a, a really good point that that game may not matter. I know it doesn't matter, but yeah, it may just be a waste of time to watch. Yeah, I do wonder about um, how much of this the coaching staff is maybe looking at it and how hard that they've been practicing. Now, you could also practice harder. Did you guys happen to watch Hard Knocks last night? Well, no. Why not, Nick? Uh-uh. Well, I, I have HBO Max. Apparently, we don't have HBO. I'm sorry. We watched the bear, though. We finished the bear. 
Wait, fantastic. What? It's on HBO Max. I think you have to wait the day after it debuts. No. No. Oh, we wasted oh, our time. Oh, shit. We, we just missed it. <laughs> you just didn't even try is what we just learned. Because I turned on my HBO Max. In fact, I had to renew my subscription because I hadn't had it the last couple of months. Got in there, watched it right away. Um, and what I was going to say, the reason why I brought that up was Dan Campbell went live on the first day with pads. And it wasn't just like goal line live. It was like, I mean, they, they were showing legitimate tackles in the middle of the field. Uh, in some of the, the highlights that they were showing on the show. And then he had kind of an awesome post-practice speech where he's like, I know some guys are looking at me crazy for doing this on the first day, but trust me, like th th you have to get your bodies ready and it actually helps you prevent injury when you get used to this early. It protects you once you get to the regular season. So I just thought that that was an interesting contrast. Side note. One of the best episodes of Hard Knocks I've ever seen. Like, I was kind of poo-pooing wow. it the other day because the show has become so robotic. It's like the same thing every year. Like, okay, here's the first day coach speech. Here's the feature on the quarterback. Here's three features on players who get cut in the last episode. And you kind of know they're going to get cut in the first episode because they're the three players getting featured that you never really heard of. You know, maybe they highlight the first-round draft pick a little. It's like the same thing every year but dan campbell is making at least his first episode it was outstanding it was phenomenal good you know, to know watch uh, now nick yep. will watch it tonight i'll do it tomorrow and we'll have time here this evening uh with the travels but i like the approach and somewhat would agree with the you know the statement about you have to callous your body and that's going to help you later on in the season i do think a reason why you see a lot of these injuries pop up now is just the lack of actually playing football. And then when these guys go out there and play football, they're not used to it. Their bodies aren't used to it. And then uh, you tend to pull things and uh, it just doesn't work out so well. So yeah, I agree with that. All right. Um, let's real quick sneak in. We have a super chat about Roquan Smith. I see already. So we can fire that into early into the show instead of wait until later. Um, here it is. Polls. This is from Enrique Rivera. Loyal listener, viewer, polls mentioned some record-breaking aspects in Rose contract based on other contracts for his position. What could those look like, ballpark? I'm going to be flat out honest with you. I have no idea. Like I don't know. It, 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 it takes some time, even when contracts get signed, to actually find out what's really in there. So when we're just talking about the negotiations, that's a really hard question to answer. I do think it is notable. Obviously, that polls mentioned that there are record-breaking aspects in there. And, I mean, my guess is that this is a contract that was put out there that gave him the opportunity to potentially earn what he wants at the top of the linebacker market with incentives. I don't know if the de-escalator stuff is real or not. Um, considering the source that it came from, Ian Rappaport, who's kind of become Roquan's personal spokesperson in all this. <laughs> um, I'm assuming that that has to be accurate unless Roquan just flat out lied to Ian Rappaport. He wouldn't put that out there. So, you know, maybe that's on both ends of it. This is a contract where if you go out and do everything that you say you think you could do in this defense, these are these. this will be a record-breaking contract. But if you don't, then it could de-escalate on, on the back end um, with some money not earned. And just real quick on that note, like considering that they're dealing with a player who doesn't have an agent, I don't blame them for trying to take advantage of that. I don't think that they'd be doing their job. And quite frankly, we're probably specifically talking more about Cliff Stein, who's handling the, the negotiations. You know, people got to understand, when you're dealing with agents you're used to dealing with, you're not going to be like, all right, let's let's put this in here. Just to, contracts have steps, okay? There's an initial offer. It goes back and forth a bunch of times. You have a negotiation. You have open conversation where you're like, all right, this is a non-starter. We got to take this out. I also want this. This is okay. Um, and so, so my point is sometimes if you're working with an agent that you've worked with a lot in the past, 
you're going to know already what those ins and outs are, what those things are that aren't even going to, you know, like, hey, this guy's not going to go for this. So let's not even put that out there. When you're dealing with a player who doesn't have an agent, it gives you the opportunity to put some stuff in there. And I don't, I don't blame them one bit for trying to do it. Honestly, I appreciate the effort because if Roquan's asking for, you know, top dollar and the Bears aren't comfortable just straight up shelling out top dollar for him now, you've pouring that drink there, Nick? It was. Right. Sorry. It sounded like a sound effect because you like did it right by the microphone. <laughs> it was uh it was impressive. But if like you don't want to pay him right out and he's wanting it, then finding a way to kind of get that in there with those incentives, like giving him goals, and if he reaches them, fine. We will pay you what you're looking for, or at least close to it. I don't see much wrong with it. Obviously, as a player, you want that money guaranteed. Uh, but from the Bears' perspective, like, hey, you know, reach these goals, and we will pay you pretty much what you would like. Uh, I know Nick and I actually had a very similar conversation on our way to Bears camp here today. And I know, Nick, you mentioned, you know, we don't know the details, but there was like one potential qualifier that you know would probably like not appeal to Roquan, just given his history. Yeah, it's like, what if in, in the contract it says reach a pro bowl? getting all pro status. And we know that Roquan Smith's already played at that level, but yet he hasn't reached those accolades because of the team he plays for, how many wins they get. And, you know, if that's like in the contract details, which we don't know of, and if he reaches these things, it would be record setting. Then as Roquan Smith, you're like, well, I've done everything I could before and I still didn't get it. Like, it's just, it's just a tough situation to be in if that's, you know, what it may be. But again, we don't know what that, what the actual details entail, but there are record-breaking or the original contact uh, contract record-breaking details in it, but we'll see if uh, what ends up changing from that first one, then how it kind of progresses from here on out. Yeah. So um, I think we handled a lot of Roquan stuff yesterday, but I do. Th- it was a good question, worth asking. Um, but um, yeah, I think that's where things stand at this point, right there. All right. Well, I want to tell you though that the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com. We'll help you out for your your home for live in-play betting. Just got even better because if you see an edge in the game you're watching or if your favorite team is primed for a comeback, don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. Download the PointsBet app right now. Use promo code CHGO. What are you waiting for? It is time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Hey, Chicago sports fans, your home for the best Chicago sports coverage is partnering with a leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. CHGO has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around. Whether it's Bears, Cubs, White Sox, Blackhawks, or Bulls, FOCO has something for you, your kid, a friend, or a loved one. And if you're looking for licensed gear, well, FOCO has you covered. Whether you're looking for a bobblehead, swimsuits, Crocs, it's still hot out. You can get those get those swimsuits that are uh, going to be, again, licensed. FOCO's got you covered, like I said. And the best part about all of this, you, you go to FOCO.com, F-O-C-O, and you'll actually get a 10% off on non-presale items by using the code CHGO, or you can check the link in our description to get that yourself, but check out foco.com F O C O. All right. Um, got three things we got to attack. One is all the guys missing, which ones matter, which ones don't. Um, unfortunately I was just getting questions on Twitter about this. No, we do not know who, if anybody had a vet day today because the head coach did not speak or provide an update. Um, I understand the, him not speaking every, well, kind of do kind of don't, I, I still think it would behoove them to announce somehow through a spokesperson or the special teams coordinator who came out today, Richard Hightower, to if there are guys who had vet days to just go ahead and say that um, because it makes it wonder if they're hurt or not. Um, anyway, so we do not know that uh, David Montgomery was among those players not practicing 
that I don't know of any injury. So maybe that's a possible vet day. Um, Cole Komet was in the, did not practice. And of course I'm leaning more towards that's has to do with what we saw yesterday in practice with him holding his left arm after a block. Um, and hopefully that's not a big deal. We'll see if he's back out there tomorrow. Um, long, long list of players that were not practicing. Uh, Valus Jones Jr. Still not practicing. Kyler Gordon still not practicing. A lot of the same guys. Uh, also, we got to get to some special teams talk eventually. There's big special teams day at House Hall, but also had to do with the field conditions. Let's focus on Justin Fields, though, because I don't want to gloss over some of the things we've been seeing. I know it hasn't all been pretty. I think there was an interception thrown while I was watching one-on-one O-line, D-line. I did peek over mm-hmm. and farther end of the field. I think there was an interception. But I, I, I feel like the team stuff has been sharper the last few days. The passes downfield have been better. There have been some tough, tight windows that he's had to throw into, and he has delivered some strikes. So I just throwing this out there, cautiously optimistic maybe that we're seeing a little bit of turn here for for good with the young quarterback that everyone I think has understandably been a little nervous about with some of the tougher days early in camp, but that progress, that patience we've been talking about might be paying off a little bit here, at least in the last few days, especially today. Yeah. Overreaction. Another one. Justin Fields doesn't need receivers. He makes the players better. The ones that he elevates the ones that are around him. So there's another overreaction, but it, it was promising to see that though. You guys, despite all the number of guys out, Isaiah Coulter, is being in a position that's making plays. And that's Isaiah Coulter, but it all starts with a throw and the timing of the quarterback to actually give his guy an opportunity to make plays. So, you know, that is encouraging because that's what we've been wanting to see from Fields. Like, yes, maybe the situation around you is not the best, but can you elevate the guys around you? And I would say in today's practice, he did that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just remember what we saw yesterday. It was just not pretty. Receivers weren't gaining any separation. Fields' decision-making yesterday, you know, was a little bit more haphazard, a little bit more hesitant. Today, though, he was dropping back in the pocket, throwing with conviction, making those reads, and putting the ball exactly where it needed to be on time. I know there was a play right in front of Nick and I, uh, to Colter, where he had to throw it before the receiver even made his break, and it was right between two defenders on the back end of that defense. Beautifully placed football. So, yeah, like, I think cautiously optimistic is a great way to look at it. And just his ability to take a bad day and then follow it up with a good day. I, I know we've heard that since he came here in Chicago, but just getting to see it, uh, I think it's just very promising in of itself. Yeah, it rarely has two bad days in a row. And yeah, there were moments yesterday where I, I, I think at least three times in the press box, I just kind of blurted out loud because I couldn't help it. Throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I still think we're seeing some issues with at, t- at times with with getting the ball out, like just make that decision and throw it with conviction. I thought today was a lot better. Um, it turns out that nice sort of Coulter, Darnell Mooney revealed that they were in the wrong formation, and that was actually supposed to be Mooney's route. So maybe it's not an overreaction, Nick. Maybe maybe it doesn't matter who he's throwing to. The, the, the hey. wrong receiver was in the wrong spot, still managed to run, I think, the route that was supposed to be run, which matters, and... Justin Fields put the ball on it. It was a nice catch. You know, I think that like that play specifically Fields probably goes into it. Like this is Mooney's route, but even though it wasn't, he still threw the ball in a spot where there were defenders and the ball was placed perfectly. So it's like you said, Adam, like regardless of who is in there, it feels going to give you an opportunity, whether you capitalize on that opportunity, that's on you yourself. If the ball is placed in a spot where you can get it. So that's I think that's kind of maybe the the silver lining in all this. All these receivers going down, like Fields has to throw the ball to a certain spot in the progression of the play. So regardless of who's there, just be ready because it, he's not going to favor favor just Darnell Mooney. He's going to give you an opportunity to make a play. And it was different type of throws too. Like he has to force the few in there with like some you know arm power, put a little mustard on that football, and then also using some touch on those throws as well. So he's you know, making these throws in different ways instead of just always trying to rifle it in there, which was something that we saw last preseason early on in his career that he tended to do a little bit too much. Uh, but yeah, like hitting those landmarks and just trusting himself and throwing with the conviction, 
I think it's going to be his biggest best friend, regardless of who's playing wide receiver. And the fact that it's only been a few days since, uh, you know, Pringle and Bayless Jones haven't been there. It's been about a week, give or take. And now we're starting to see him click with these other guys on the roster. It gives me hope that when the guys that you expect to be playing more Pringle and Bayless Jones with him, that he can find similar success, if not better success with those more talented receivers as well. Yeah, and I, I think and I hope that this offense is going to put him in better positions where it's, you know, he's on a rollout, he's on a play action where it's supposed to be a quick read right away. I guess my fear is, and I think we've seen this sometimes in practice, that the defense takes that away. And then it's like, oh, now what do I do now? And then that processing takes a little bit longer than you'd like to get to that next part of the play. Um, the play after the play um, part. And I, so, but I do think we're seeing some improvement. I think it's notable. Again, a lot of time, still over a month away from the regular season opener, still three preseason games to come. So there's a lot of time to kind of figure this stuff out. And I do think it's important that we're seeing, I think we're seeing glimpses. And I think it matters because of all the wide receivers out, the fact that he's, and, some of the concerns that are in front of him with the offensive line, he is kind of fighting through all that and, and making some type of progress here. I think that that's uh, very, very encouraging for him and the offense. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, but during the overreaction that this game, you know, made me meaningless and tough to watch here on Saturday and it may, uh, but something that's going to be important is that Saturday is the beginning of a relationship between Luke Getze and Justin Fields in a, in a game environment and getting those play calls in and just kind of getting that flow together. And, you know, if, even if it's a little rough, I think on Saturday, I'll still exercise some patience with it. There may be some growing pains there, but you know, despite who's playing receiver, who's an offensive line, like that is something that matters. It's substantial. And at least we'll get that moving on Saturday. Cause it's big. Yeah. And to yeah. be clear, I'm not saying the whole game is meaningless. I'm just saying that with so many guys out, it's there's going to be part of it where where it's going to feel like a missed opportunity that yep. you did oh, it, that you didn't going to be yeah you just didn't get to evaluate um and there could be so many examples like Kyler Gordon like if he's not able to go we haven't seen him practice in a while you know that's somebody you want to see get some live reps um you know maybe he'll still be able to get that in there but by the time the preseason's over but that's just one example Valus Jones Jr. I think is another mm-hmm. good example um and it's not just all rookies um, you know, really all these wide receivers, it's a huge setback if Nikhil Harry misses the whole preseason. I mean, we're talking about a guy who already was kind of in a tough spot to turn his career around, has to change offenses last minute, pick it all up on the fly. Like he's going to have to do a ton of mental work to come back during the regular season and be able to realistically contribute like just being realistic about it you know what i mean like that that's a tough position to put him in especially when he's so unproven probably dealing with some confidence issues um and isn't getting either the physical reps and he can take all the mental reps he wants hopefully he is um to pick up the offense as fast as possible but that's a pretty big setback and same thing with byron pringle like he's in a completely new offense and he's got a lot to prove. And so to not have him out there during these preseason games is not ideal. No, and he no, hasn't been overly impressive as well, Pringle, and the practices I've been there. It's been, you know, fine, but you don't want him to be fine. You want him to play at a higher degree that we saw in Kansas City. At least that was the hope. We haven't seen that yet in practice. And the fact that he isn't to be able to get out there, continue to build that chemistry, get those physical reps, as you mentioned, Adam, like that is concerning. Uh, for people that are supposed to be vital elements, you know, of this offense. And uh, Nick, I think you got something you wanted to say. Yeah, I was just thinking in terms of the guys that have gone down. I think one of the players that's lost or the biggest opportunity lost for him is Thomas Graham Jr. Like he was in contention to probably get that starting spot, the nickel from what we saw in OTAs. And then his injury happens. And obviously he's not in that mix as of right now. Because he's speaking of the depth chart, by the way, he's like at the end of the depth chart. That kind of surprised me. Yeah, so I think he lost a huge opportunity. It's unfortunate with with the hamstring injury, but from what we saw in OTAs, he was getting a lot of those reps with the ones, and now because of this, you're seeing a guy like Jalen Jones have to be thrust into the nickel spot. Tavon Young has got some when he was healthy, but I thought it was just a big setback for him 
and what he could have potentially done had he been healthy, but it is unfortunate that he did suffer that hamstring injury. Yeah. Well, and meanwhile, there, but there are still going to be plenty of other key players to watch. We talked about Dominique Robinson earlier and then on the wide receiver front, Equimania St. Brown, this, all, all these other injuries to other players, especially like Byron Pringle, he sure looks like the number two wide receiver. And if he could take advantage of that, he's going to get a, probably a lot of run in this game. And the question is, you know, all this potential, all this size looks the part. Why did it not work out for him in green Bay? Well, here's an opportunity. I mean, make some plays in this preseason game. I think that could be huge for him to kind of show that he can um, do more in this offense on this team. Yeah. Yeah. No and, um, I was going to say that the fact that, uh, you know, he knows this offense is helping him, uh, you know, he's able to kind of be in the right spot. I think they mentioned it last week after a practice, like, Hey, like EQ, like he knows his offense and he's right where he's supposed to be every single time. And that does help build not just chemistry with Justin, but also that trust factor that you're going to need in a game. Like when things break down, like I know EQ is going to be at the right spot at the right time. And like those throws that we saw today, that were those anticipatory throws that were kind of leading the receiver, throwing before the breaks. Like, he can do those with EQ. And I saw one of those for a first down today in an in-breaking route, too, uh, for about 15 yards down the field. But, yeah, I think he's someone that can definitely take advantage of this opportunity and become that, you know, wide receiver, too. All right, you guys, before we kind of get into to some special team stock, which I know Adam's really excited to get to. I have to tell you about our next partnership, which is Owen, which stands for Only What You Need. This brand is a 100% plant-based company that gives you high quality and carefully selected ingredients to keep you functioning throughout your entire workday, and especially after an intense workout. In these protein shakes, you get your vegan omega-3s, your green superfoods like broccoli, kale, and spinach, and all these amazing ingredients just reinforce what Owen stands for, Only What You Need. What's cool is that we at the Chicago or CHGO heard about Owen from, well, the guy who plays quarterback in, for Chicago, Justin Fields, who does follow a plant-based diet. Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You have to take advantage of this. When you use the code CHGO20, you get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. Again, that is 20% off with the code CHGO20 at liveowen.com. So join us here at CHGO and Justin Fields and try Owen only what you need. So over here at CHGO, our family, it just continues to grow each and every day, adding new members to just the overall CHGO experience. Uh, there's someone actually joined in yesterday in our Discord saying, I've been listening since launch, but I finally decided to get a membership. And I was the first one to you know jump in there, welcoming in. We had a really good conversation uh, as well. But by becoming a member of CHGO, you, you unlock all of our written content, including you know Adam's you know various things each and every week, whether it's on our website or in your inbox directly. Uh, you can definitely sign up for that benefit as well. Uh, we have all this awesome merch. We do all these podcasts, post-game shows, and really it's pretty cheap, uh, like what, 50 cents for the first month? And afterwards, it's less than Netflix. It's less than your Hulu. And instead of going to those big corporations, you get to support local journalists like us so we can continue doing what we love to do, which is, I think, the three of us covering the Chicago Bears. So head over to allcshow.com. Uh, check out our membership. We'd love if you join our family. And once you enter our social lounge, which is uh, we use the app Discord, which is a, a way to kind of communicate with one another, uh, I'll definitely be uh, one of the first to welcome you in like I always do. All right. So a uh, little bit of special teams talk today. Saved it towards the end of the, the podcast. Um, some of it's like real stuff, but I think like the headline that we got to get to first um, that matters because it actually affects the whole team, but especially the kicking game. We we briefly touched on this yesterday. The field yesterday was just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll I'm reluctant to give the Bears, and I've done this in the past, a little bit of credit. They did switch their turf uh, back in 2018, and things have been getting a little better. Um, it has looked better at times, most of the time. Like it took a step up. That being said, it is still up there with the worst stadiums in football, um, and that's talking to players. I mean, you still hear the same stadiums consistently mentioned, and that's Soldier Field and Pittsburgh. And like anytime you go to a game up there in Green Bay, you just notice a difference. Like they, they have, they, 
but the thing is they have more control over their stadium. So they don't have to have constant concerts and soccer games. Someone pointed out to me, I didn't even know this guy's the fire apparently play the night before the 49ers game. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeez. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the the picture that was uh, taken yesterday. I don't know. It was the, the Nick or will gets proper credit for that. We'll give it yeah. to Nick. We'll give it the green bubble phone. Yep. Um, it just, you could see it's, it's, I don't know what's going on there, but so Cairo Santos, who I appreciate has always been open and honest about the field conditions. This is not the first time it's come up with them, but you could tell that there's a little bit of a annoyance there already. The fact that, Hey, hold on. Uh, the fire you're talking about the opening night is the or opening day is the 11th for the bears. Is that right? Yes. No, they, they moved the fire match to seat geek stadium on, out in Bridgeview. So, ah, so they're smart ah, enough to do don't that. Don't blame the fire. All right. So, <laughs> well, so the game had to be moved, though, is what you're saying. Well, the fire wanted to move because look at that freaking field. It looks like shit. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? It's garbage. How can you play soccer on that? What are we doing here? Yeah. So the fire had it moved. The fire moved. Uh, they have five home matches left this season. Three of them have moved out to Bridgeview. Wow. Yeah. They're like, get me out of here. I mean, it's one thing. I the, have, yeah. It's one thing if the Bears are trying to make that happen because they're worried about their playing surface. But if even the fire's like, screw this. Yeah. It's terrible. It's a it's garbage telling. surface. Like, what a surprise. We've been uh, here. No, when we well, were hearing from. Too, uh, guys. Go ahead, Nick. I got you. With a quote from, from Cairo Santos here on the field conditions, especially week one, our first game of season, I've seen better. It's just what we have to deal with. Less of a problem you make. Make it in your mind. It just kind of helps you overcome it and just go. But week one, yeah, no, I completely get the frustration from Cairo Santos that this is how, like, it only gets worse from here. Like, the field does not get better after, you know, after this moment in time. So it's crazy to think about, though. Well, look, they they, they frequently resod it before, you know, the regular season starts. So if the fire is really not playing out the day before, I imagine, like, there's a world where it can be better for week one. But this is not a new thing at all. And we've heard Cairo Santos talk about this before, about how sometimes they'll have to angle the snap, essentially. So the holder will line up a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, um, because the place, the straight-up place where you would normally put the ball on a kick, place the ball, would be like in a divot or a hole or something. <laughs> and so they got to move over a foot, maybe, just to get a better spot. Uh, to get, and it's not even just where the ball goes down, but also where the plant foot is because Cairo Santos has to figure out where his plant foot is going. And if that's going into a pothole, well, then he could break his ankle and you don't want that. So, you know, it's, it's just unfortunate that this is still a, a thing. And, um, I don't know, maybe they can resod it by Saturday. <laughs> it's consistently one of the worst fields. The best part is Robbie Gold's going to be there Saturday too, or no? Uh, he'll be. I mean, I meant week one. So you know he's going to get. He's going to get. Um, he he's certainly used to those conditions. He has plenty of success in those conditions. But if it's a bad field week one, I think both kickers. Maybe you'll hear it from both of them. Potentially, I like you said. I think the one buzzword that just really caught me—not completely off guard, but just hearing it—is like hole. Like we have to move from a hole in this field. Like even for a kicker, like that sucks. But imagine if you're running full speed downfield and you don't know that holes there. Like that's not an ideal situation to be in. But for Santos to pretty much take Trenton Gill, you know, the holder, and like teach him the lay of the land of Soldier Field. Like, okay, so we have a divot here all there never never uh we're never going to kick from here we're going to move off the hash like like the fact that that has to be part of like the onboarding process for a new holder in chicago to be a you know member of the bears like your kicker who's been here has to like walk you through the field and give you like the ins and outs of like these are the no-no spots like man it's just like you said very unfortunate i think it's the perfect phrase for it i want to give jason leisure credit yes a, a pretty funny question you know and but yet a fair question which was you know do you to Cairo, he said, do you have to like find places in the off season to kick that? And the way you phrased it was like any potholes in a parking lot, you know, just to, to mimic the surface. Um, and Cairo surprisingly didn't just laugh it off. He's like, yeah, I was kicking on a high school field in Jacksonville in the off season, which was a turf field. 
And he's like, I'm starting to feel too comfortable. So he found a grass soccer field in his neighborhood that had taller Bermuda grass that was a little bit harder to kick out of. Uh, that was more like what he has to deal with at Soldier Field. So, I mean, this is a real thing. We can laugh about it. Um, you know, it, it's not just something that affects the kickers. We see all the time in games, players slip. Mm-hmm. Then we joke about the turf monster, you know, you, and it's cost the Bears plays. Of course, it costs the opponent plays too. Um, and I can't remember if I just tweeted this or we actually talked about it on the show the other day. But um, on the uh, Aaron Rodgers interview the other day on part of my take, they asked him if he actually likes playing in cold weather because he actually hasn't been that good in the playoffs at Lambeau Field. And he said, I do like playing in the cold weather because it slows down the pass rush. And then he said specifically in Chicago. Hmm. So all that, all that talk about bear weather, which you guys know I feel about that, total myth. Uh, another reason why it's just BS because now you have your biggest arch nemesis, Aaron Rodgers, being like, no, I like playing in the cold at Soldier Field because it totally wipes out their pass rush on that playing surface. So it's working against you. Congratulations. That's, that's interesting. And now I actually want to like look under the hood and like look at home games over the last few years in Chicago and compare those sack totals to what like the rest of the season's average was. But like just off the top of my head, it does feel like it does kind of fade out towards December a, a little bit, especially at some of these home games. But maybe I'm just trying to, you know, put two and two together in my head. Yeah, so we'll see. But now I actually want to look into that. <sighs> Good news, though, if you really want to get into the weeds on special teams. Um, Trent Gill seems to be. Like the real deal. There's been no issues with his punting. Last week, Richard Hightower was praising his punting. This week, he's praising his holds. Uh, Cairo was really praising his holds. Cairo admitted that losing Pat O'Donnell, you do get a little nervous. Um, He's been so good kicking the ball. New holder, how much is that going to change things? And um, he's at day one. Trenton Gill came in there and even got really detailed about how he has the ability to adjust the football. Like a lot of holders will catch the ball, put it down and then spin it. He has the ability to catch it, Mold get it. it in the right position and then put it down um, all in a blink of an eye. And meanwhile, Hightower was also very uh, complimentary. I wish I knew more about how long snappers were able to do this, but if you don't know that the really advanced NFL long snappers can actually control the laces like, cause they throw a spiral, but they can time it and rotate it perfectly so that when the holder's catching the ball, the laces are where they're supposed to be already, um, which is really impressive. And so Hightower was talking about that today, breaking that all down for us. And the bottom line is the snap hold kick operation. The, the, they seem to genuinely be happy with it. Yeah. I mean, it looks pretty rock solid right now, both what we see on the field and, you know, how they're talking to us in the media about uh, this new relationship. But I thought, you know, Santos gave praise to both guys. Uh, he called Patrick scales, one of the best long snappers in the league. Uh, just going back to your reason there as well, Adam, that you mentioned. And then with Gil, like talking about his like dedication to the craft, like he puts in you know, all the work, extra work. He's always willing to ask questions. And uh, he's mentioned like, practice that's outside of like normal practice hours where Trenton Gill's taking like a hundred snaps at a time, just practicing, you know, taking a snap and putting it down like over and over and over again. And I love that work ethic uh, that he's displaying and, you know, he's only a rookie right now, but with that professional approach, like it just gives you hope that he can be a long-term answer at both, of course, punter, but also a holder here in Chicago as well. Yeah, you guys, it looks like people are done with the special teams uh, <laughs> chat and looking at, we have some questions in, in the queue here. So I think we'll bring in Lawrence. There Hello. he is. There he is. How you guys doing? What you got for us, Lawrence? Oh, we got some fun ones. Yeah, a lot of people are just over the special teams talk, but hey, got to <laughs> have fine. three phases. Three All right, phases. when Tyro Santos falls down and yeah. on, on the field in week one, we'll see. Uh, first All of these this people is... glossing over that. <laughs> Uh, this was just a note from uh, Ross early on in the podcast. He said, I'm watching from Wrigley and more interested in the podcast. 
Obviously. That's, about. That's how I feel about White Sox games these days. Yes, just, I would rather just do a Bears podcast than watch team. the White Sox. <laughs> terrible, terrible team. Um, okay, uh, this one is very pointed to Nick from Nomad. Three tech update. You, I let you off the hook for a week. Wow. Yeah, I, I must have missed it, Nomad, but I appreciate you checking in. So I think with not having some some guys in the interior out, you're seeing a lot more Makai do Treadway. And a guy that's always super high energetic, he did this for two practices straight, LaCale London, number 96, he always turns to the fans and is just like ramping them up after he goes through a bag drill. But you're seeing a lot of number 98, Makai do Treadway, 96, LaCale London in there, uh, just kind of getting a lot more reps. And it does help that even though Angela Blacks is not technically a three-tech, they're getting a lot of in those guys, those backup guys, getting those um re- those reps and alongside Justin Jones in that second, third team uh kind of setting. But those are the guys I'm kind of noticing right now. Huh. Thank you. For By the way, update on the official Bears depth chart, it was interesting that they listed Kyrus Tonga behind mm-hmm. Justin Jones and then Mike Pennell Jr. behind Tonga at that specific yeah. defensive tackle position. And I know, at, like, obviously we – I don't know how much weight we want to put into depth charts, but Kairos Tonga, the three tech, like that, that was interesting seeing that, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. All right. This one's uh, also to Nick uh, from Enrique Rivera says, don't let Hogue cl- uh, clown your Samsung phone. He was praising your camera quality on Hogan Johns. I was, I definitely was. I said it is an outstanding camera <laughs> and a terrible phone. <laughs> <laughs> It's got a pen. It's got a freaking pen. Does your iPhone have a pen where you can take notes? I don't need a notepad. No, because I it's have a unlimited... phone. It makes phone calls and texts. What's a phone call? I do yeah. not need a I pen just... for my phone. I have a notebook that I take notes with right here. What is that? Paper? And I use, What's going on? And I use yeah, what is paper? called a pen. What year is it? What's and that? I write. What is that? <laughs> when you've got a phone that does it all for you. Unlimited pages. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, I love man. it. Goodness gracious. Okay, uh, let's see here. Um, this was about fields. I had a couple of guys say this. I started this one from Al. Uh, is Justin feeling the pocket better in practices? I When I first read that, I thought, is the pocket feeling better? <laughs> is he feeling the pocket? I don't know. I have to ask Justin how the pocket's feeling. Uh, is he feeling the pocket better in practice? Like as far as like... Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <sighs> it's still a lot of... Uh, that's a no, Al. Yeah. <laughs> the pocket the pocket is kind of like the pocket you'll find in your tight jeans, where if you have a camera that's kind of like a phone, like uh, Nick does, where it doesn't even fit in the pocket, if the pocket's too small, which is why I have the iPhone mini, by the way, great product made by Apple. Um, it fits in the pocket <laughs> great. The Bears need to make, they need like the, the you know, wider jeans pocket. They need to figure that out on the offensive line. I'll there take are my 13, seven bro. lenses. Hey, see that? That's fantastic. That's a camera. A phone. That's a phone first, and then a camera. <laughs> okay. Um. So yes, no, yeah, maybe no. Not really. I think you have to wait until those live reps to really get a feel for it. There are plays I feel like will be called dead that he didn't evade, but we don't know if he's being coached to like just stay in the pocket and make a throw because we have to go through it. Like you just don't know just yet. So patience on that one. We'll see it on Saturday. Okay. Well, this is from Steven. He says, is this interior offensive line good enough to lean heavily on the run game with the receiver core depleted? It will need to be. Um, I, I will, I will say this. I, when they go into the run periods, there's some holes opening up. There's some holes opening up. I think the guards are going to be fine. Um, Cody Whitehair looks pretty good. Still a little concerned about you know, if they have to go into the season with Sam Mustaver starting at center, but he's done it before. At least he has the experience. Uh, I would be the status of Lucas Patrick is going to matter a lot, but I, I don't, dislike the interior of the offensive line right now that that part of the offensive line has the most experience when lucas patrick is in there obviously you're looking at cody whitehair and then also michael schofield so when lucas patrick gets back into that starting lineup whenever that is yeah i think you i would feel confident in that part to to um you know get the run game going 
And personally, if at least for me, even with Mustafer right now, like in yesterday's practice, we saw running lanes open up. We saw runs go right up the gut and backs weren't touched for 10, 15 yards. So it's, and that's going up against the top bears defense too. So even though Lucas Patrick, I think raises your floor a little bit and your overall potential, like just with the stableness that each guard brings, I think you can be, you know, relatively cautiously optimistic if that's a phrase. All right. Uh, next up from Riley Bear, who has a better chance of sneaking on the roster with all the injuries, Isaiah Coulter or Kevin Shaw? Both had chunk plays today. Both did. I'll be honest, though. I, um, I'd give the nod to Coulter right now. Um, I thought Shaw today was the first day that I really like kind of noticed him multiple times, you know, other than a play here and there. But like, OK, he made and that's good. That's good for him. But. He's smaller, a um, little bit undersized. Coulter's been in the league, a little bit of a bigger target, and uh, he made a nice play today too. Yeah, All right, I yeah, agree I with that. Coulter. Okay. Next up from uh, Doug Dyer, who has been starting in the nickel, and is Lamar Jackson still shining? Ooh, I think Lamar Jackson is still shining a little bit. He had some plays here today in one-on-ones. Uh, he had a PBU on his first rep against EQ. Uh, and then later he came away with the interception. Didn't see who was covering at the time, but we did see him, Nick and I, come away with that football uh, as well. And then in the nickel today, it was Jalen Jones, not Jalen Johnson, the other JJ, yeah. Jalen Jones. Yeah, Nick, you know, Nick brought up Jalen Jones in yesterday's 60 second takeaways. And I was like, oh, no, did he say Jalen Johnson wrong? And I was like, oh, wait, there is a Jalen Jones. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Too many Joneses. On the roster. Bear or not a bear. He's a bear. I think he's been on Bear Not a Bear before, Jalen Jones. Uh, yeah, he was. He's yes, he did. Ver- he's a veteran of Bear Not a Bear. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, let's see. This is from John. He says, "Are there ever? Are they ever going to have joint practices this preseason?" Nope. No. Remember in the off season, um, Eberflus seemed a little frustrated that they couldn't figure that out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that. <sighs> Something tells me they wanted it to be the Chiefs and couldn't get that worked out, uh, which would have been this week probably before that game. Remember, they hosted the Dolphins. And uh, doing it next week in Seattle would have been tough. It's a lot of equipment to get all the way out west, but also it would have been kind of cool to spend a week in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, never been. Lo- would love to go. Oh, you got to go. It's a great place. Uh, and then we'll end it with this. We, we have a lot of questions coming in, but we're getting kind of to the end of time here. I, I would uh, end it with this. So from Michael, are you guys having a CHGO Fantasy Football League this year? So we are, and I'm in the process of getting that set up. Uh, Michael, that may be members only, just because, you know, we take care of our you know members of CHGO, and that's where, you know, all the experience kind of comes together. Uh, so if you're not a member, I would advise you to join. But, yeah, I've been doing fantasy football leagues around the podcast for years and don't mind doing it again here this year. So love the question. I will not be joining you guys. I hate fantasy football more than anything. I suck. So wow. fair point. Wow. Terrible. I yeah. actually love fantasy football league, but I do funnel all my efforts into one league. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you get the like three leagues. You're rooting for and against the same guys. Yep. yep. So and then like, I'm sorry, but the reason I'm against it is there's nothing more boring than listening to someone talk about their fantasy team. Ugh. what a waste of <laughs> well, my time. Well, yeah, and everybody, I think, universally agrees on that. But uh, I'm still going to do it all year. So put up with it. But I could tell you a good fantasy football story about uh, Greg Olson and, and my last ch- championship from I don't know what year it was, but 2000. Like, no, don't care. Okay. <laughs> it's a good story. Thanks, Mitch. Mitch uh, started week one in Pittsburgh, it sounds like. And uh, someone asked about Arsenal. Want to know. So they, they've got Leicester City this weekend. No, don't care. And <laughs> someone talked about Ayahuasca and Aaron Rodgers. That I care about. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, that's all. All right, we're out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Nicholas Moriano, at Will DeWitt. Lawrence is at Law on the Draw. Follow our CHGO accounts at CHGO underscore sports underscore bears. A lot of good stuff up there today. Check out our content content, uh, post-practice. 
recap from Nick and Will, the video. Also have uh, thoughts up there on the website soon. My newsletter's out today. You can find that at allchgo.com. Go get those memberships. It's time. It's August. It's football season. Jump on board. Get all the content that you can get. Maybe you can get in that fancy football league Will's putting together. That'd be pretty sweet. All right. We're out of here. We're back tomorrow, 2 o'clock. Uh, another practice. Then they're off Friday. But another practice tomorrow at Hell's Hall. Guessing it's not going to be padded, but we'll see. Um, and uh, we'll, either way, we'll be here at 2 o'clock to wrap it all up. So we'll talk to you then.